AMU. The following podcast is brought to you by American Military University on behalf of In Public Safety. Welcome to the podcast In Public Safety Matters, brought to you by American Military University. I'm your host, Leishan Stelter. In the last few years, I've published many articles focused on why public safety professionals, including law enforcement officers, firefighters, EMTs, and others, should consider professional counseling. These careers are all highly stressful, and many professionals experience various levels of trauma during their career. So while it's pretty evident that professional counseling can benefit them, one thing that's often overlooked is how important it is to consider counseling for their families and their children. For this episode of In Public Safety Matters, we're going to talk about the benefits of family counseling for public safety professionals, and particularly professional counseling services for their children. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Marie Isom, who has extensive experience providing both child and family counseling services. She's an associate professor of school counseling at American Military University, a licensed clinical professional counselor, an approved clinical supervisor, a national board certified counselor, a certified professional coach, and a national board certified K-12 professional school counselor. Dr. Isom specializes in counseling and therapy with children, adolescents, and families. Dr. Isom, thank you so much for joining me today and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Alicia. So I wanted to start our conversation today by talking about how one person's stress and trauma can really affect other people. As I noted in the intro, being a public safety professional is really stressful, and these individuals can be subjected to trauma and other psychological injuries. And I think just in having spoken to a lot of them, that many of them believe that they can internalize these problems and it won't affect their spouses or their children, but that's often not the case. These problems often leak into their personal lives. Can you talk a little bit about secondary trauma and the unintentional psychological issues that a career in public safety can have on spouses and children? Sure. So with secondary trauma, that often means that someone has indirect exposure to trauma and there can be a lot of symptoms or things that can result from that. And some of those risks can include just being exposed to the trauma stories or trauma-related reactions by family members. So they might overhear bits and pieces of a story and then kind of form their own understanding of the events just based on what they're hearing. Other issues that could result include difficulty sleeping, concentrating, withdrawal from family and friends, disinterest in activities or not participating in things that they used to enjoy, irritability, and emotional detachment. So in your experience working with families and children, do you have any recommendations about what they should do before they start professional counseling or maybe tips on what they should look for in a counselor when it comes to the point that they feel like they need some extra help? Sure. Well, there's lots of different counseling styles. People are very intricate and they make connections with people in different ways. So understanding yourself and what you're willing to open up to is important. So it's important to also remember that counseling is supposed to motivate and empower and provide support in dealing with problems. It helps clients achieve goals. So understanding that before you go in and that it's very client-led and 
it's important to establish that relationship and just making sure that you have that connection with someone before you open up is important. But I think overall, and just recommendations before starting counseling would be to be open-minded, to know that this is a problem-solving strategy. So recognize or think about what your goal is in seeking those services, and then also have a willingness to learn from each other in the family unit and what your goal is in going to receive those services. When I think of counseling, I think of one of the goals of not only the family, but also of the therapist is really trying to get them to communicate better, to talk about, have a better open line of communication. You mentioned going into it being open-minded. I think that's really important because people are nervous and hesitant about seeking kind of this next step in professional counseling. But can you just talk about how important it is for families as a unit to be better communicators so that when these problems arise or when there's a one person's having problems, they can kind of fall back on their ability to communicate with each other? Sure. In family counseling, the therapist or the counselor is able to kind of have an objective point of view on the family dynamic. So they're able to pick up on if there is a need for mediation or just to help individuals have a safe place to share their feelings and their perspective on things. And then also, particularly with children, children observe and model their parent response and interaction. So having a counseling session where you're able to, in advance, teach some coping strategies or problem-solving strategies. So when you're in difficult situations, you can apply those strategies or practice them in real-life settings. That can be very helpful. And in your experience, especially since we're talking about public safety professionals here, I, I always kind of think about law enforcement families and how important it is for them to be more resilient because they're the parent, whichever parent it is, faces a lot of challenges and danger, frankly, in their day-to-day life. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how that parent might handle some pretty like unfortunate scenarios that they may have been involved in that may be having an impact on them. So for example, with a law enforcement parent, if they're involved in, you know, an officer involved shooting or something, they responded to an incident that may be involved in injured child, which can be very traumatic. Can you talk about how they can go about conveying some of the trauma they experienced with either their spouse or their children? If there's any recommendations about handling that in a way that doesn't expose their spouse or child to too much information, but also lets them know that person's going through something. Sure. Communication is very important and recognizing within yourself where you're at and what you need, I think is important because that's the first thing that you can communicate to your spouse or to your children, probably more so to your spouse so that you have a united front when approaching the children about the situation or just in handling daily situations or things that come up, but sharing what you need and then also allowing them to ask questions. I think when you face a difficult situation or when you're not sure what route to take, asking questions is a great way to gauge where they're at and what direction to take it in. Because sometimes if we're 
nervous or upset or we're unsure of what to share because of the type of situation or just the content that you're thinking about, allowing them to ask questions can kind of guide you in in what you say, because maybe what you're thinking they need to know or they're going to ask is completely different from what they're thinking and what's important to them to know and be involved in. And I think that's a really good point that it's about sharing some information, because I think a lot of officers, in particular male officers, think that by shielding their spouse from some of the things they go through, they're somehow protecting them from that information or scenario or whatnot. But when they come home and they're obviously distressed, some turn to alcohol or have anger issues, like the spouse can be very confused about what's going on. So just like you said, to have that line of communication where they have the ability to say something happened I can't necessarily tell you all about it, but here's a certain way that I can kind of open up that can give me maybe a little bit of relief, but also give the spouse some relief that they know more about what's going on in the mind of the officer. Do you find that officers are open to that approach of being a little bit more communicative with their spouse about their job and what they're going through? I think it depends on the relationship they already have and their personality and their coping strategies or skills. I know earlier on you mentioned something about the belief that they can internalize their problem and it won't affect others. So maybe even through the counseling process, recognizing that, hey, you know, I think I'm internalizing this pretty well, but actually I'm not. These are the things that I'm actually doing to cope with this and this is healthy and this or this isn't healthy. And then from there, having that goal or knowing where they need to go with that to increase that communication or that the problem solving strategies to kind of work through that is important. So really that self-awareness is key and having those positive coping strategies. And that's something that we've published a lot of articles about too, is just finding those positive coping strategies. We'll be right back after this. The public service field offers satisfying ways to make a difference to people and their communities. At American Military University, you'll have the chance to learn great tools and strategies from highly experienced leaders, as well as develop the knowledge to create effective policies. Get the expertise you need to make changes to your community or even the world. Apply now at amuonline.com. Welcome back. We're joined by Dr. Isom. Are there any examples that you can provide our listeners about ways that they can kind of deal with whether it's stress or trauma, or is that a pretty individual finding or whatnot? I I think it is kind of individualized. Obviously, I think the biggest thing would be to think about your interests. What speaks to you? What do you do to decompress? What are hobbies or things that you enjoy? What people are you connected with or that you know you can turn to? to be a support to you during challenging times that can be a listening ear and not provide judgment. What things that make you happy or that you're good at. So just kind of reflecting on those things can certainly be helpful in identifying appropriate coping skills to help you work through the different challenges that come up. So I want to change gears a little bit and just talk specifically about children and counseling, because I know 
This is something that can be, it can be hard for families in general to acknowledge that maybe their children are being affected by something that they've sort of caused or contributed to. In your experience, do you think that families wait too long after in seeing signs that maybe their children are struggling to seek counseling? I don't think there's ever a time that it's too late unless family members are not apt to wanting to problem solve or work together or really listen or take care and interest in each other. Counseling is such a special process, as I mentioned earlier, in that it's really client and family-led. Family counseling addresses issues that are impacting cohesion in a family. So it's very important to recognize if something is impacting the family or they're having a difficult time overcoming a situation or several events or it's kind of built up. I think caregivers are the experts of their children and families. And so if after trying different coping strategies or if after they're not able to use all the tools in their toolbox to work through those situations, I think it's very appropriate to seek a family counselor or even an individual counselor for their children so that they can help them through those situations. And there's been a lot of stigma about mental health and supports in the past, but I think that that is starting to subside a bit just with a lot of the research that's coming out and the different articles and things that are being put out there. And it's a great check-in. And I think that people that go to counseling regularly, they are pretty healthy people after a while when they're able to kind of identify what's going on, how they're feeling, process it, work through it and be able to self-regulate and have those coping strategies. And then even at different times in their life, being able to have those check-ins with someone, it can be very helpful in that something comes up, they've already established that relationship with someone so that they can just go in, do a check-in, and then maybe have a few sessions and then come back if they need to. So they always know that they have that objective support person that they can turn to for help. And I think that's so important to have other folks in public safety here that just having that objective sounding board who that counselor is there to help you. They're not there to tell you you're right or you're wrong or what you feel is any one thing. It's just to have that perspective and that professional approach to helping you wrap your own mind around the things that are going on and identify all those challenges. One thing I also wanted to talk about, because I think it's becoming more and more apparent in even the last few years with the rise of social media and just globalization and having all this information accessible to us, that a lot of children are exposed to the events of the world. And if you're the child of a police officer and You've seen the news in the last five years. There's that ongoing issues over use of force and officer-involved shootings and these pretty scary situations. And having talked to some law enforcement officers, children are pretty fearful about what their parent does for work. And I was wondering if you could just address how parents can help their children deal with the inherent danger of 
the parent's job and if there's any kind of coping mechanisms that you recommend for children to kind of ease their fear during counseling sessions or in their everyday life? I think that it's very important, just especially depending on the age of the child, to be mindful of their exposure to the media and news, particularly involving things that involve law enforcement and just the things that make it personal for them as far as watching those things. And it's something else to remember too is the development of the child. So if they see something on the news and then they keep repeating that same news story, it's very challenging for a child or they don't actually. In those situations, children can't recognize that that was an isolated event that's being repeated. They see it as its own unique event in that it's a new one happening repeatedly over and over again much like with the news broadcasting of 9-11, when they kept seeing that repeated on the television, they see it as it continuously happening versus that being a repeat of a situation that's happened previously. So it's really important to recognize what children are seeing and making sure that you monitor that. For older children and teens, it's important, again, to have that communication, to share with children the why being in law enforcement and other helping professions is such a noble thing and they do so much wonderful work and there's a reason why they chose that field and their belief system as far as wanting to help others. So I think it's really important that they recognize the value and importance of the work that they do. And then as far as handling the fears or concern being able to communicate about that and answering questions that they might have about those situations or fears that they might have. And then working together with those coping strategies to work through that, I think is important. I really like your point about how important it is to not only share the reality, but also why officers are doing it in the first place. I think that's something that maybe isn't communicated enough that they're really there to serve and help others. And yes, there's an element of danger that, you know, if your parent's an accountant, maybe they don't face that same potential danger, but they're doing it for a reason. And the reason is to protect people. And that's a really great point. I'm glad you brought that up. So I wanted to start to close our conversation by asking if you had any other recommendations or thoughts about how families can be more resilient. I really like the concept of building a resilient family. I think that's a really important concept, whether you're in public safety or not, just what you can do to make sure you have a strong family unit. Other than professional counseling, do you have any recommendations or any other thoughts on building resiliency within families? Sure. I actually did my dissertation on resilience. So some of the main things that I found through my research that helps promote resiliency is having a locus of control and determining, do you have that internal thought of, is your life determined by external circumstances that are happening to you or by behaviors and choices that you have? So if you have a negative outlook on things, what did you learn from those experiences? So whether you think that something's happening to you or you have control, making sure you have those positive coping skills is really important. 
having social competence or just recognizing the supports and having that community is very important to be able to feel connected and to also just know you have someone to turn to. Having that sense of purpose and self-worth and being goal-directed and future-oriented can kind of continue or lead to more resilience. And then just problem-solving strategies. What assets do you have that help you to resolve current issues that you're working through? And then, of course, just things that help build your confidence and deal with stress and help you work with or be goal-directed for the future can help promote resilience in families. Those are all very important. I may have you write an article just on that. Sounds like it's something that you're very passionate about. Obviously, spent a lot of time researching and learning more about. So that's a, a really important message, I think, to all families, but especially to those who work in public safety. So I wanted to see if there was anything else that you wanted to talk about or you thought was important when it comes to family counseling and this topic in general that we didn't cover. I think that it's important to be aware of yourself. I know I mentioned that a few times, but that self-regulation piece I think is important in being able to kind of check yourself and where you're at because you can't really regulate or take care of others if you're not regulated and taking care of yourself, which also leads into just being a united front with your partner with your children because you're modeling for them constantly. You're constantly teaching them because they're watching you and your interactions with each other. So I think it's important to be aware of that. Again, just that communication and really taking a genuine interest in someone else. But again, it's kind of hard to do that if you're not regulated or you're not practicing your own appropriate coping strategies, having some time management. And then of course, like I said, law enforcement and public service professionals, they do such great and important work. And it's so important that they take care of themselves so that they can really truly be mindful in the moment when they're with their families and be helpful to those people, not only in their families, but in the community that they get to work with. Really great message there. I, I want to thank you, Dr. Isom, so much for joining me today and sharing your professional insight about how to strengthen professional safety families. It's been really, really informative. And I feel like you did such a great job just outlining some of the important things that public safety professionals should keep in mind. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate all the work that public safety professionals do in our community. Yes. And thank you to our listeners as well for joining us for this episode of In Public Safety Matters. I'm Leishan Stelter. Be well and stay safe. For the latest public safety news, visit inpublicsafety.com and sign up for our daily newsletter. Thank you for listening. AMU, American Military University.